0: starting up with virtue zone on Dubai
1: I 103.8 indeed it is each and every Thursday one through till two o'clock live here on Dubai I 103.8 uh, but equally the virtue zone team are online not just for the next 60 minutes but pretty much 24/7 uh, throughout the year as well got any questions with regards to starting up how to be your own boss hashtag be your own boss uh, is uh, get themselves get them over to uh, virtue zone now uh, to find the answers uh, mr. Neil Petra is alongside me mister it beat's been good
2: we missed each other the last week it was it was it was Eid the apparently. The only bad thing about Eid Tom was the fact that you and I were not sharing it together.
1: I know look at that you know yeah. had a nice Eid though nice
2: break. Fantastic Mauritius. Oh wow. And you know what I had a business excuse to be there. <laughs> I haven't thought of it yet but I did. <laughs> but you did all the same. <laughs> well it,
1: now, it, it is interesting because it was quieter a lot of people a little bit of time to reflect a little bit of time people to try at times travel but talk about hit the floor running as soon as you get back. Okay, yeah. Monday was a
2: little bit quiet. Tuesday and Wednesday have been absolutely bonkers. Exactly. And and you know what? Mauritius and various other jurisdictions, Hong Kong, Malta, Cyprus. Watch out because the UA is coming for you. Ah,
1: look yeah, at that. Competition of plenty.
2: <laughs> All right, right. More
1: from uh, Mister Petch a little later on. In fact, we're going to be talking about licenses. Anyone got any questions for licenses? Get them into us now. Text us, please. Four zero zero one. Uh, we always kick off with our success spotlight uh in light in light of well some great success stories here in the uae and you know what we're a sucker for a good dubai rags to riches story because it ain't a myth and our first guest is living proof that you can come to the city with nothing or little and still succeed only though if you've got the right mentality and you're willing to put the hard yards in Dario Sudi is a serial entrepreneur. I think he'll be happy, he's happy with me uh, describing him as such. Uh, somebody who now uh, not just helps himself but others and other entrepreneurs to test their limits and stand out from the crowd. Um, He is the founder of Arena Consultancy, of Elite Mastery, of the Be Unique group. And he's also the creator of the Gladiator Mastery program. Uh, He is also with us live here in studio. Darish, I can't thank you enough for joining us and welcome to starting up. Thank you very very much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thank Good you. to have you here. Um, now, listen, your sort of career precedes you. Great success in business uh, from the UK, started out in the UK, made your name in the UK in business, uh, in the world of sales as well. So with everything going so well over there, why come here?
3: Um, I was at a stage of my life, mid mid to early 40s, and doing quite well, got famous, was on a live documentaries on itv and um the fame brought me some bad luck I, I became a target and um i got attacked at home one night and four men broke in at knife point uh, demanded money uh, i was divorced at the time my ex-wife and um so you had no money i had no money <laughs> I, I, that, as a salesman i actually told them i don't have that kind of money right there so um but they knew where my children went to school where i lived obviously and uh, for the fear of their safety i sent the kids to dubai that evening uh, never went back. And two weeks later, I had a heart attack. And um, I just lost the will to 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 continue. I never went back to that house. I sold it. Uh, I was leveraged. I ended up with about $1,000 in my pocket. Um, so within nine months, I lost everything. Three kids. Um, yeah, they didn't go to school for six months. But you know what happened was? It was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Because when I was lying on that hospital bed, looking at the ceiling, I was like... Uh, they actually said I had, didn't have a chance of survival. Really? Because the, the, uh, the toughest side of my heart was malfunctioning. Mm. And um, it's a 25% chance of survival. And I just knew it wasn't my time. But I was crying, but I wasn't crying because I had a heart attack. It was, fear of, it was zero fear of death. But I didn't want to die alone. So I just decided no matter what happens, I want to be with my kids. And that's why I just literally burned all my bridges, burned all the boats and came to Dubai.
1: <laughs> So it's that epiphany moment, that sort of um, life-changing moment that makes you make a big decision as well. I mean, was Dubai ever on
3: the agenda before or not? I used to come here all the time on holiday, but obviously Dubai 2008, 2007 wasn't what Dubai is today. But there was a a very positive energy. Uh, I love the energy here. But in the UK, you think the whole world revolves around the UK. You don't realize it's literally a six-hour flight. So we kept on holiday, kept going back. So... My sister lived here. They did quite well, but then again, my first license was a virtue zone. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Derek. Thank Thank you you. very much. So yeah, I found you guys when you had an office in JLT. Yeah, and that that served me really well. And um, I think comfort zone can be a serial uh, stops you from growing. Mm. And I was in a comfort zone, and then sometimes life throws lightning bolts at you. And then I just it was a wake wake up call. I, I was living a life. I don't like clouds, rain. Dubai was sunny. I realized that I love to live in the sun. Uh, I wasn't very clear with my boundaries and values. So while I was in the hospital bed, I wrote my values down. Uh, These are my values. And I don't do any business with anybody who doesn't value time, who's honest, who's transparent, great communicator, very clear. And I walk away from the money. But I think previously I looked at the money first and then I, I inherited people that I didn't have the same values with.
2: That's really true, isn't it? You know, timing is is something they tease the Brits about being
3: punctual. But it's a sign of respect, isn't it? I think so. Respect is one of my values. Manners, respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Time is something that is a commodity that we cannot afford to lose. It's the most expensive commodity that we have. And people take it for granted unless it's too late.
2: So three Brits talking about timekeeping and respect. We'll start
1: queuing in a minute, so won't we? So Generation Z
2: are turning off now. <laughs> yeah, Quick
1: question, sure. though, Darish. I mean, a lot of people come here in their 20s, you know, and Dubai's a work hard, play hard environment. That's why we're told, etc. And there is this sort of urban myth out there that sort of the, 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 the longer you wait, the, li- the longer you leave it, it's more difficult to get going here. You came here in your 40s, as you just mentioned there. I mean, was
3: it tough to start over or not? Well, it, it, it depends how you see the glass. Is it half full, half empty, or is it overflowing? So when I came here, it was September 2009, the worst time Dubai has ever yeah. had. But for me, it was perfect because I came as a consultant, a fixer. People don't want to fix it when they don't have any problems they're making money. So it was a perfect time for me. So I'll go to people and say, look, um, I'm an aspirin salesman. So what do you mean? I say, oh, I'll find your business headache and I'll fix it. Mm. So just give me a chance to come and have a look at it and then pay me on performance because I had no uh, history. You had no uh, record, track record here. Mm. So And then it worked. It worked very well. Here's the thing. Because Dubai is a commercial city, people don't come here to find love and spirituality. Mm. You go to Bali for that. Yeah. You tend to get, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to kiss a few princes. So my suggestion is stick to your values, keep delivering on your promises, and eventually pe- you set yourself out from everybody else. Mm. Because my word is everything. People may not like the way I'm very assertive, very aggressive towards achieving things, but they they actually always respect me. Mm. They say, this guy delivers on his word, delivers on his promises. And I think in Dubai, that's critical.
1: Yeah. It's fascinating Uh, well delivering on a word and 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 sticking to your promises is 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 everything here but at the same time I suppose as you said 2009 tough times Uh, there's been a few curves along the way as well was there a moment I mean you talked about the epiphany a little earlier on on that hospital bed over in the UK was there a moment a, a sort of positive enlightenment moment here as well when you went you know what I've made it here or this will now be my home moving forward the day I
3: landed. You get that feeling in really? Dubai. The, the, the energy, the, the foresight, the, the, it's all from leadership. You know, they talk about vision. And, and that vision, I run a relatively small company, and your vision is everything. When I'm at the office, the productivity drops by 30%. But the vision of our current rulers are so amazing that you just feel it everywhere you go. Mm. And you know it's work in progress. And, and that cannot not be inspiring. Hmm. So And also, it's flat land, you can see distances. I really believe when you can see distances, you can see the future. So you can plan ahead.
2: The world is not flat, though. That's another another session. Here are two cliches, okay? But they're cliches for a reason. You learn more from your losses than your your victories, and you never lose. You either win or you learn. Absolutely. Right. And and so, you know, um, if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, that has two advantages. One, if you, if you do, you know, sometimes hit rock bottom, learn from it. And secondly, when you're up making a speech or anything that makes you feel nervous, if you know that if you don't do it right, you're going to learn from it, then you can be more positive. Hmm. There you go. And, and yes. half the time, the audience don't know what you're going to talk about anyway. So yeah. whatever
3: you say, they just appreciate it. So. Yeah celebrate
1: you have formulated this into uh, and neil and i absolutely love the name of the program the gladiators mastery
2: program the gladiator that gives back
1: the gladiator that we gives never back that could happen my favorite film my, t- my favorite tv series back in the day as well gladiators uh, tell us about the program what, do, what how, how did you First bring you just,
3: it? i'm going to ask you a question if you don't mind yeah uh, they, they interviewed ridley scott and he asked he asked the question he said do you know what gladiator movie is about and people say, oh, yeah, somebody from Rags to Riches. And it's actually a love story. Hmm. He had to die to be with his family again. Yeah. So it's the love story. It's the and, and truth and honor, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So and it resonated with me. And um, I think here's the thing. I, I like Roman times and uh, 2,000 years ago, and I often go to Rome. If, if you imagine if you were a gladiator today and they gave you a, a knife and a shield and said, right, off you go. There's the arena. Go in there and let's see how it goes. Or now you go to a bank manager and the bank manager says, good luck, 80% fail in the first year. <laughs> and 80% of that, 20% fail in the second year. Well, what's what's going to happen to you in the arena 2,000 years ago? You won't survive. Yeah. You won't survive. But here, we just, as entrepreneurs, we're expected to fail and celebrate. But what I think, if you can actually work on your maneuvers, practice, rehearse your defense, offense, strategy, look at where you're going. And going to the arena, you get more yeses and nos. Mm. So you can get to your, where you want to be, your destination, a lot quicker. I just think, again, entrepreneurs face challenges with a smile, right? So I wake up in the morning, I hope to get challenges. Because the more and bigger challenges I fix, the more money I earn. Employees go in and something happens, to go, hang on, it's, it's, it's the system, will take care of it. So to be an entrepreneur, you need know that right mentality. Gladiator mentality is that you win at all costs. You dominate the meeting. You know where you're going. You get from A to B in the shortest possible time.
1: And you pick yourself up, I suppose. If if you get knocked down in the gladiator arena, you pick yourself up. All the time. You have to pick yourself up. There's
3: nothing
2: worse than presenting and you say, any questions? And there are none. Hmm. It's when people give you an objection or a difficult question. Ah, so they've been listening. It's an
3: opportunity to sell. Yeah. Um, The program available to all? Available to all, uh, Darius Sudi, if anybody Googles me. Um, I have three months in the U.S. The Americans love it. I'm fully booked in the U.S. Come June, July, August, uh, doing seminars all over the U.S. Uh, Dubai's taken off like crazy. People love it. Uh, and I think a lot of people are lost. If you work for a, co- a company, I'm not saying virtues, but many companies, they just throw you on the field and say, good luck, and you're burning uh, confidence and prospects in the marketplace. And... Um, As an entrepreneur, as a business owner, even as a salesman, you're always selling. Mm. So just enjoy the process and learn and practice before you go into the marketplace. Mm. And it's all about repetition.
1: It is fascinating. And um, I would encourage people to get – we've got some lovely text messages coming in uh, for you, Darius, as well. The one that's made me laugh the most is does Darius actually
3: get dressed up as a gladiator during the program or not? During the radio program, I can say yes, (laughs) and nobody will ever know. (laughs) In my six-pack and uh, bulging muscles, yes. Uh, Everyone has a price. Exactly.
2: Listen, you you put the money down on the table, a gladiator's outfit is coming out. It will be
1: inspiring, I can guarantee you that. Listen, we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, but if you want to find out more about uh, Darius's personal story, but also the gladiator's mastery program, and of course uh, all the other things that he's involved with at the moment then do, Reach out to Darish. How do people
3: do that, Darish? My social media platform, Darish Studio Official, um, and we will. My team will connect with them straight away. We have online programs. We have seminars, quarterly seminars. Um, yeah, we just love to contribute. I actually don't make money out of giving. Uh, there's no money in it at all. I don't have an end product to sell. We just continue to give, mm. and the universe will bring it back to us in some other way. So.
1: Listen, Darius, uh, on behalf of all the team of Virtue and all the team here at Dubai Eye, we can't thank you enough for popping in and telling us your story. Uh, we'll get you in again soon as well, but thank Loved you for your time. Strength and honour. I salute strength you. Strength <laughs> and honour. Strength <laughs> thank and honour. So A big thanks to Darius.
0: This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone.
1: Business set up with no regrets
0: on Dubai Eye 103.8.
1: Yeah, starting up with virtue. Now, big thanks to Darish for joining us a little earlier on uh, and, of course, uh, for telling us all about the Gladiator programme, Mr P. Woof. <laughs> Listen. Welcome back to Starting Up with VirtuZone. We're live here on Dubai i one hundred three point eight. It's myself Tom Merkitt, joined by uh, VirtuZone's Chairman Neil Petch. And uh, now a topic of conversation everywhere here. And is there is there not a dinner table, a lunch table, a breakfast table, a, cu- a water cooler, a coffee table that does not revolve around all things real estate? One of the hottest professions uh, right now is, of course, property and real estate. Dubai, home to we reckon. Just over 12,000 real estate brokers at the moment, according to the latest figures from the land department's website. An attractive industry, uh, but we rarely hear about um, the, the cons. We hear the good stuff, but what about the bad stuff? So we're revealing everything to you in the next 20 minutes or so. A deep dive into the industry, if you like. Uh, and who better to take us there than uh, one individual who has really made her name uh, as one of the great leaders in the industry here. None other than Maria Morris, the founder of the eponymous Maria Morris Real Estate. She specialises in luxury property, uh, but is also the star of HGTV's Selling Dubai, which has started airing in the US to much acclaim. Her colleague Ellie Street joins us as well. Ellie is a senior property consultant who has sold properties worth, get ready for it, small fingers to the mouth, 20 million US dollars and probably counting as well That's probably a bit south of the mark isn't it Ellie? Oh
4: yeah I've done loads even just today
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great to have you both uh, with us Ellie And of course Maria thank you so much indeed Maria first and foremost lovely to catch up with you We've got a lot of mutual friends um, Who are sending me all sorts of messages at the moment So it's lovely to to have a bit of time with you And congratulations first and foremost on the TV show Now I know there are a load of real estate and property TV shows Shows out there. Um, what what sets yours apart, and just how proud are you of the finished product?
0: Well, it's been a bit of a blur this week, if I'm honest. Um, it premiered last Thursday in the US on HGTV, and the response has just been phenomenal. My phone was blowing up while people were watching it. We were getting messages, all the team were of just positivity and support. So it's it's been outstanding. And whilst we knew it could be good we didn't realize you know how how great it it was until we saw the finished the finished article but I think what's great hopefully with our show is that we actually give people an insight into the it warts and all of the industry especially setting up the business so you know it's not an easy journey some of these shows make it look very glamorous and that all we do all day is just tour beautiful properties but the reality is actually you know a lot different so hopefully that's what we're trying to convey with our show. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There's some amazing properties on there as well. But, you know, you see the team in action. You see the highs and lows. You see the struggles of of us creating the business from scratch um yeah and that's what we try to convey and ellie i mean
1: again i mean we're seeing more and more of these property shows come on board as well was there a sort of conversation amongst the team amongst you maria and everyone else about is this going to be good for us is this going to be good for our brand as well because it certainly is at the moment certainly seems to be
4: Mm, i think especially when anything goes on tv and social media you're always terrified that the negativity that you get with with these types of scenarios i think when you look at real estate there are so there's so much negativity even in like you've got the british dubai groups on facebook and if you put anything in regards to real estate in those chats Mm. it's automatically don't do it or it's something so negative so i think it is that concern initially um but i think we wanted to show there are the nice sides of I guess real estate brokers, they're not all terrible. Um, They don't all just open the door and disappear and then just take your money because I feel like that is everything you read in the chats is they'll just open the door for you and then they'll never see you again and they're taking your money and, and they're disappearing. So I think it's nice to be able to put a nice spin Mm. um i guess to, to yeah, tom up. and i
2: i, I want to have a little fanboy moment Go. here, okay because my daughter six years old kira she came in the other day and she said daddy i'm a strong independent woman and you know she follows you maria on instagram and and uh, inspirational comments normally they're a little bit cliched yours are fantastic and here's here's my big thing maria morris first 100% foreign-owned, 100% female-owned real estate company in the whole of the UA, and VirtuZone got that. a little bit involved in that. Yeah. They did, did they? Well, we helped them set it up. We've yeah. done nothing <laughs> else they, they, at all. They did
0: everything to do with the setup. And, <laughs> and, and truth be told, I think, you know, if it wasn't for VirtuZone, and I'm not saying this because Neil's paid me, Checks but you can post. later Checks if you is will, in the post. Um, you know, it, they were fundamental to us, to us setting up the new business because I think the biggest uh, challenge for me was going from a huge corporate entity, a big global business with 21,000 colleagues around the world, to uh, a little, you know, new business with three of us to begin with. Mm. Um, And having to sort of wear multiple caps in a a global business is easy. When you're doing it and it's just your name literally above the door – uh, and you haven't got a finance team or a HR team, you know, um, p- people like Neil and the team at VirtuZone were hugely supportive and helpful. So if it wasn't without you guys, then we wouldn't Maria, be sitting here thank today. Thank you.
2: And, and listen, ladies listening to this in, in particular, sometimes I think it's a bit patronizing saying, you know, super talented female business owner. But, I'm, look, I am the reality uh, expert, actually. It's my, it's my guilty okay. uh, passion. Okay. Selling Sunset was probably what led off your program, and that's a couple of short, bald men ordering women around. Whereas you guys, you are inspiring females to get out there and, and do this. So if you're sitting at home at the moment, you've got a bit of spare time, set up that side hustle right
0: and that's another thing going back to the show that was really important to us especially the females on the team was to actually you know we're big supporters of female empowerment not only in real estate but any any industry um and to get that across on the show and just in our business lives in general is you know it's possible you can be a successful career woman you know you're not just a real estate agent this is about career aspirations and we're in a very male dominated industry so you know <clears throat> I've been doing this for twenty plus years <laughs> or months, so. Twenty months. Um, ov- ov- obviously, I don't look uh, over twenty-one, but um, but look. Joking aside, it's it's a tough industry to crack. Mm. So if we can even just inspire one female, maybe just Neil's oh Neil's young daughter, but then you know that's our job done, and that's what we're so trying to do.
1: Question to both, uh, both with. Huge amount of my experience in real estate back in the UK. Uh, now here in Dubai and and and, and charting um, a similar path, but in a different part of the world. TV show the success at success. Uh, would that have would that have happened if you'd stayed in the UK or not?
0: Um, who's to say? I think the uh, the UK is a very different real estate market to here. Um, obviously, I've worked for big companies back in the UK, and it wasn't necessarily. Uh, the desire at the time to to go into those kind of uh, media opportunities. Mm. That said, times are changing. Mm. So, and I think in our industry specifically, uh, you know, it's more global than it's ever been. So whilst we work here in Dubai, we're connected across the globe. Our clients don't just want properties here. They want properties in LA or London or Sydney. Um, so I think that global lens is probably going to make it a bit easier for people in the UK to enter these kind of opportunities and initiatives when they come up? Maria's also
2: being a little bit modest, I think, because I think one of the things that Dubai gives us the opportunity to do is, is, is network. People are more open to being approached. Your little black book and thus the properties that that can give your potential customers is is unrivaled right and and that that is uh, about you you know going to an event and not all huddling in a corner but getting out there being friendly being open to people and and so I think that's probably one of the values that your company stands for.
0: Yeah for sure and I think look this industry is all about relationships whether it's with your clients whether it's with partners that you work with friends that we've got in common as you were saying Tom you know It's a very small world, even though it's a global industry. Mm. So it's imperative that, you know, you have those good relationships. And going back to, I think, when I was setting up the business, that's when that became really important to me because I suddenly found that I had these amazing cheerleaders on the (laughs) sidelines, you know, like Mm. spurring me on and and giving me the self-belief and I had the conviction that I could do it. So, yeah, your network is really, really important. And I've got some great people in my corner,
2: thankfully.
4: You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone.
2: Business setup with no regrets
4: on Dubai Eye
1: 103.8. No regrets, indeed. Uh, this is Starting Up with Virtue Zone each and every Thursday, one through till two. Uh, myself, Tom Urquhart, and Neil Petch talking to uh, inspirational story makers. And i more so than our special guests in studio at the moment. We're still joined by Maria Morris, who has her own Estate firm and Ellie Street, who's the senior property consultant at said firm. We've talked about um, how they got here, uh, we've talked about the new TV show. What we haven't really sort of uh, dealt with yet is the job because we'd started at the top there, Ellie, talking about real estate and the boom in real estate here. Now, we all know with that attracts all sorts, and everyone starts coming to town and they said, Oh, look, and they see it on the TV and they say, Well, I could do that, so I'm going to give it a go as well. Are there <sighs> How do I frame this one? Can anyone be a real estate agent?
4: I guess officially on paper, yes. Um, I think the turnover of real estate brokers, oh, we used to count them in and out um, when we used to work for bigger firms. You know, new starters would come in eight to ten a month. Um, you know, we used to joke and you have a diary of how many people would last by the end of it. A little sweepstake um, in the yeah, office, a little is it? Yeah, sweepstake, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, I do think people think it's so easy to come in and, and make a lot of money and... And obviously then invested or, or do whatever. But no, unfortunately, I think the good brokers, it takes some years. Mm. I think we, you say that the first year you potentially break even. And then from then on, you know, that's when you start making some money. But if you can't last that first year on your savings, mm. then unfortunately, then you do end up going home. And a lot of people do come here and they get taken away with Dubai and they go out partying and, you know, they go home probably within two, three months.
2: Can I ask you both uh, the remuneration model because you know so much of a business success is is down to who you recruit how you train them how you motivate them and real estate is perhaps known for being quite biased towards the commission side of mm-hmm. side of things but how how do you manage that and so because we've got a lot of people starting up businesses, listening to this show and working out how can they drive people, how can they incentivize them, reward them, Yet, you know, carrot and stick, basically?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the, com- the commission model is is what most people um, have here. It's very different, again, to like we were talking earlier about the UK, more similar to the US model, really. Um, so I think really the, the most important element when people are looking to join a company is the structure that's around them. The vision of that company, Darius was talking about vision earlier and how important that was. I think those kind of elements that are non-financial are probably more important to people's decision making regarding which businesses they should join. Um, There's lots of different models here across the um, agency uh, business. Uh, Some are more volume driven to what Ellie was alluding to. So they will look to have a lot of people join. We are a little bit different. We're a very small boutique agency that is very specific in what we want to do and how we want to service our clients. So it's very different. But I think when you're a young person coming into this industry or any age, really, I think just take a minute, do your homework, do your research, look at other people within the company you know, reach out to other agents that already work for those businesses. So I'm a
2: brilliant property salesperson, newly off the boat from California, where I was appearing and selling Sunset. <laughs> Why should I come and join your agency?
0: When can you start, Neil? Because we'd have you in a heartbeat. Um, look, I think for our agency, we tend to focus at the moment more on experienced recruits and that 's because i 'm really, really honest with people that approach us is that if I want to be able to nurture someone that 's fresh into the industry, I want to be able to give them my time mm-hmm. and When our business gets to to a point, hopefully very soon that I can afford to to do that, then for sure we will be growing uh, growing the business with not only experienced agents like Ellie that we have already but new new starters. And for me, that's really, really important. Don't bring someone onto your team that you cannot train properly, that you cannot give the time to, to really develop. And it's not only just skills in real estate, it's skills in living in a brand new country. And I think sometimes people don't fully appreciate that change, you know, and how difficult it is being away from friends and family and and building new friends here. So We have to really look at that holistic approach when recruiting, and that's what we try to do at at MMRE.
1: I love the fact that you guys are so sort of open about things as well. You know, much like the show, you were talking about warts and all as well, and Ellie, you were sort of talking about, you know, the reputation and reputation being first rather than reward, et cetera. And yet, you know, you're working, we're all working uh, uh, under the shadow of (laughs) – the bubble getting bigger, uh, the the goose getting fatter, whatever you want to call it, euphemism-wise, out there at the moment. Real estate is booming. So to both of you and Ellie, I'll start with you. The biggest challenge that the industry faces at the moment and how we can address that?
4: I think it's other people's perceptions that are always an issue. I think media is always a, a main factor. You know, the minute that you tell the market it's booming – it it is the minute that someone reputable came onto the media and said that the market's about to crash it probably would the next day so I think it's I mean you're always going to find that everyone always has a price for their own properties and going forward but I think that that is our main concern it's Mm. probably how you control the media and in a sense that benefits everybody and the market because I think you know if someone you know yes you know tomorrow is going to go out and say that the housing market's going to crash and we hear that from clients on a daily basis, people tell me that they have more experience than than me in the business and they know that the housing market is about to crash or someone might turn around and say, I think it's going to go up and going to boom tomorrow. I think my response to always is that you have we have no clue. Mm. We, we have no idea if prices are going to go up tomorrow. We have no idea if they're going to drop tomorrow. If you want to buy something, it's about whether that works for you. And I think we come across real estate brokers all the time that give their own opinions on the market. And I think that is one of the main issues. It's, it's the media, it's other people's opinions, and you just have to take it you know, in your own stride, really.
0: I, th- I think just to follow on from that as well, it's about, as Ellie was saying, expert advice and advising clients, okay? Mm-hmm. if If I could forecast a percentage change over the next 12 to 18 months and be bang on the money i would be a billionaire by now you know so um it's all about experience looking at historical data looking at trends our experience in the market, both here and globally as agents, and using that expertise to advise our clients. You know, we're if, if we start telling our clients what's going to happen with the market, mm. then we're not doing our jobs. We need to be advising. And the great thing about Dubai at the moment that is a lot different from now to when I first arrived is it's got micro markets. Mm. Dubai is not just one real estate market anymore. It's, you know, there's diversity between all these different communities. So it's very difficult to say you know, Dubai is going to do X over the next 12 months, because actually, if you look at those micro communities, they're also very, very different from each other.
2: You can tell that, Marie Morris, you're, you're here for for the long term. And I think that's one thing. Look look to work with a company that has strategic long-term goals. In every industry, in our, in our industry, you'll get people telling you you can set up in five minutes for 5,000 dirhams. Mm. And they hook you, and then they don't care about what happens in, in a year's time. In your industry, you could easily say, oh, the market's going to go up by 25%, and then they don't look at the fundamentals of the property they're buying. Same thing. So look for someone who doesn't sell you the shortcut mm. question
1: about the setup process as well uh, not about those We'll put them to one side but again i mean go back to the point that you made earlier maria about the fact you know you had a very successful career in in the industry you work with some massive companies you want a great thing as well it does take a leap of faith to, to 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 go it alone and to put your name to it as well to become an eponymous um a uh, firm um any regrets for that jump no regrets at all
0: i'm i'm not one of those uh, type of individuals that, that ever has regrets. I think if there was one, it'd be that potentially I didn't have the bravery to do it a little sooner. Mm. Um, but actually making that leap, yeah, no regrets at all. I think if there's one piece of advice that if there's anyone in my position that's you know been in the industry a little while and looking to maybe make that leap, is is just really believe in yourself because. If you have been thinking about it for, I mean, myself, I was probably seriously considering setting up on my own for at least two years before I did. Mm. But you become very comfortable. You know your surroundings in the company that you work for. At the time, I had a lovely salary. Um, And so it's very hard to then suddenly go, do you know what? I'm going to do it now. I'm going to bite the bullet, do it now, and walk away from everything that I've known for the last 20 years and be be my own boss Mm. um so it does take that element of self-belief but talking from experience you know touch wood it's gone tremendously well um so anyone that's looking to do the same thing make that make that leap you'll have sleepless nights it's a roller coaster it's not easy by any stretch but if you really feel that you know that's something you want to do then yeah take that leap and do it
1: That is a brilliant piece of advice uh, for all those that are listening in, um, thinking of uh, going it alone and starting up as well. Uh, From one piece of advice to another to wrap things up, Ellie, um, uh, with your finger on the pulse of the market out there and all these extraordinary headlines that we are seeing out there uh, at the moment as well. I think I read one this morning. There's a new, obviously, we've got ATM next week, so we're going to have all sorts of new developments coming out. There was a new development uh, launched, I think it was by DeMac. Uh, I think it's the Mykonos project that they launched yesterday. Um, And they promised that there would be a honey bar as well uh, as part of the project. I mean,. Because every project needs a honey bar, doesn't it? Of course. And Manuka honey,
2: presumably. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, how are you going to start otherwise?
1: But with all the sort of craziness out there, Ellie, and people wanting to get the feeding frenzy of people wanting to get into real estate, your advice to those out there, what's your bit of advice to would-be real estate agents?
4: you just genuinely got to really, really stick with it. Work hard. When you first get here, the hours are probably 7 till at least 10. You've genuinely got to pick up the phone and, and really work through it. If you're genuinely just coming here for a holiday and you think it's going to be easy, yeah, I give up now, but stay, stay with it. 7 a.m. till 10 a.m. You've done all your work
1: by then, have you? You know why you have to get ah. up at six, get ready. <laughs> See what you did there, Tom.
4: <laughs> Seven days
1: a week. <laughs> Seven days a week. Yeah, you
4: don't get a day off. No, no days off. Day off.
1: No days so off. The phone's always on, isn't Phone it? The
4: Phone is always on. Yeah. that's an, in the UK you could turn it off at six o'clock when you left, but no, they. But no care. one,
1: no
2: one, no one would call you after five no, o'clock, would no, they? No, a, you'd have come weekends.
4: in at nine o'clock to a voicemail. <laughs> say at five past six, and you would have been annoyed. So, yeah. so do
2: something you're passionate about that gives you fulfilment, and then you'll be a success. Um, ladies, thank you so much indeed
1: for joining us. Thank you for uh, having us. Congratulations on the setup, Maria, as well. Um, congratulations on all of the success today, and long may that continue. And the show repeats on Saturday. Tom. The show repeats on Saturday. Saturday. The show is
0: on HGTV in the US. So if you have access to that, it's on at eight PM Dubai time. So.
1: And if people want to get in touch with the office, how do they do that?
0: Uh, they can reach out to us on Instagram. So follow me at Maria Morris underscore Real Estate or Team MM uh, Real Estate. Ellie's on there as well so yeah reach out to us on Instagram and we'll happily connect
1: Maria Ellie thank you so much indeed for joining us on starting up with virtue Zone
0: this is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone.
1: Business set up with no regrets.
0: On Dubai I 103.8. Uh,
1: yeah, this is Starting Up with Virtue Zone. Uh, it's me, Tom Urquhart, alongside Mr. Neil Petch. And this is the time, of, uh, time for Neil uh, to don his doctor's coat. Why? Because we're going to the clinic. It's time for your company clinic with uh, Dr. Petch, the chairman of Virtue Zone. So we're talking licenses today. Loads of questions coming in about licenses, Neil. Um, one of the first questions, I suppose, you need to ask yourself when you are wanting to be your own boss and want to set up like Maria and those, the other guests we've had, because uh, obviously it's going to have budgetary restraints, etc. So office space. When do you actually need an office space? Does it depend if, when you in fact, no, let's go back when you do need office space, when you decide, OK, I'm not going to do it on the kitchen table. Does it depend on what kind of business license you get or not?
2: They, yeah. So let's rewind. Firstly. When you launch a business, take yourself seriously. Have an email that is your business domain, not, not a Gmail, <laughs> okay? Actually, you know, have a company license rather than say, do you mind paying me in cash or something like that? That's the first stage. The next stage is remote management, offices. There's definite benefits from having an office, but don't load yourself with costs. Much better spend your money on great staff than having a, you know, a gold uh, a desk in, in a huge office. What's brilliant about the UAE government is they're recognizing the importance of startups. They're recognizing that if you have to spend loads of money on a huge office, you can't spend it on advertising, on ARN to get lots of leads. So there are three things that depend on whether you need an office, what type of office and so on. Activity jurisdiction and what degree of banking you need. So there are certain licenses that that where you you, you can have what some people call a virtual office. Normally that's a flexi desk, it's, you know, you probably need to, when you're going to the bank, you need to say, you need to show them a document that says here is where my business is registered and where I'm legally operating from. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to get a fully operating bank account. And there are certain activities where you absolutely have to have a physical office of your own. But generally speaking, dip your toe in the market. Be able to operate initially from a flexi desk or something like that. Great advice. Choose the right license. For those that want
1: to work from home as well, I mean, can you go under the radar? Or, again, do you still need to get a licence if you're well, working from home? Well, we've had
2: them? a few of the banks on, haven't we? So yeah. so we've had Weo, we've, we've had, had Mashreq Neo. And yeah. in both cases, they're more open now to being able to set up your bank account and have your company license without having to have the physical office. And we've so, seen more people take the option of virtual office or not? Again, virtual office, you know, uh, it, it, it is one of those terms. That, so, yes, um, definitely using FlexiDesk. So we, we're, for example, partners. Uh, uh, we're partners with Hotdesk, which is the Airbnb of the managed office space. We're partners with WeWork. So we can provide you, you, you set up your company with Zone. we can provide you with an incredibly cost-effective office option that allows you when you need for example to have boardroom and stuff like that you can have it but you don't have to pay for it 365 days a year listen it's been a great show thoroughly
1: enjoyed it a big thanks to all of you for tuning in uh that's all the time we have for this week's edition of starting up with virtue zone thanks to our guests and a big thanks also to neil pech neil thank you very much indeed go well gladiators. go well gladiators your favorite gladiator i quite like wolf
2: for all the Absolutely wrong reasons. Absolutely, a wolf with the hair. <laughs> uh, catch
1: the podcast on Dubai, i1038.com, or you can watch our videos on Instagram. Uh, thanks for so watching. We're going to be back next week, one through till two. And we might as well go out. Well, in our eyes, that's Neil and Mark. You're at my eyes. You're all champions to us. Enjoy.
2: Oh, me.